0: Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson.
1: I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe.
0: Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between.
1: We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. So glad to be with you again this lovely Monday, the last Monday of March.
0: Wow. Can you believe
1: that we're almost done with first quarter?
0: That's insane.
1: That's insane. Everybody look at your budgets. See how they're doing.
0: Right. That means I should probably start putting together my goals for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Those work plans. Yeah. That somehow you know, it always starts with the best intentions at the beginning of the year, but
1: best intentions. Oh, well, <laughs> um, we want to let everybody know that coming up soon, we would like to record an AMA episode. Woo-hoo! What is AMA? <laughs> Ask me anything.
0: Oh. So for
1: all of you out there in podcast land, listening to us, um, send us your questions, the, the things you've always wanted to know, um, Really, send in anything. If we don't want to answer it, we just won't read it.
0: <laughs> Wait, all right, so these are people – these are questions for both you and me?
1: Yeah, yeah. About anything? About anything. So it
0: doesn't even have to be about nonprofits?
1: No. I mean, if they want to know how Brittany can continue to be an Ohio State fan, like, send that in. <laughs> um. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of course, things about nonprofits are probably more relevant to the rest of the listener base, but send send them in. Post them on socials, email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com, and maybe your question will make that episode. Ooh, that's so exciting. I wonder what people want to know. Well, it's so exciting because we actually have a stable listener base that we could even put this out. Ah, I just love amazing. We love you all. We love
0: you. <laughs> we also have some other exciting news, don't we? Big news? We do next week. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> There's a little cliffhanger for you.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we uh, talking about today?
0: We're talking about dun, da, da, da,
1: boards. My favorite. <laughs> okay, so I think we should be fully transparent. We actually recorded this episode once, and it was not good.
0: It wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It was. <laughs> It was just a total downer episode. And we said, we can't do this. We can't. We can't put this out to
1: our people. No,
0: no. It'll just, everyone will get depressed (laughs) and everybody won't want to work for a nonprofit anymore. (laughs) We will
1: single-handedly take down the sector by releasing this episode. Exactly.
0: So for the safety of the sector, we decided to not publish
1: it. And we are re-recording it today. Um, with with some brighter, lighter concepts. I mean, of course, we're still going to get down and dirty on what's not working because that's what we do here yes. at the nonprofit Reframe. But uh, I think we're also just in a, a better place today.
0: I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I said my favorite <laughs> boards, um, that's actually sarcasm.
1: Oh, thanks so much. For explaining I don't know if it. you picked up yeah, on that. You know, really, the best jokes are the ones you have to explain. <laughs> Um, boards are tough. Everybody's got them. Nobody really wants to be on one. And most of them are kind of meh. (laughs) (laughs) Meh. That's a great way (laughs) of stating it. Yeah. That's how I feel about most of them. So let's, let's go high level real quick. Boards of directors are required for all nonprofits. It comes from the IRS. They state you have to have one um most states will also have some sort of requirement so here in Colorado we have some additional requirements on age for officers officer positions that kind of thing um but a board is a legal requirement and they also have the fiduciary responsibility for the organization exactly which in and of itself is ridiculous we've got these folks who are generally lay people when it comes to nonprofits you know they haven't worked in the sector and when you do get somebody who's worked in the sector on your board, they are the unicorn.
0: Yeah, they're amazing.
1: You want them so badly. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: You're a unicorn.
1: I know, which is... I
0: used to be one.
1: <laughs> which is why I'm always getting asked to sit on boards. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's so helpful. I just remember um, so many times as staff, when we would get a board member that had nonprofit experience, It, oh my gosh, it was just so delightful to have oh, someone yeah. who maybe understood a shred of what you're going through on a daily basis. Exactly.
1: You've got that ally built in in yeah. this board member, which yeah. is amazing. But you know, the structure of, of boards, you come together maybe once a month, maybe not even that frequently, you make some high-level decisions, but at the end of the day, you're responsible for a sec- essentially risk management for the organization even though you aren't on the ground doing the work. Right. So, in and of themselves, it It's a really hard legal structure, and it requires such trust of your staff that they are doing the things that they should do in order to make the organization go. Um, And relationships between board and staff are often fraught. It's a real difficult thing to manage, uh, which keeps me in business. (laughs) (laughs) If boards worked really well, I'd have a lot of Saturday retreat space back on my calendar. That's hysterical. <laughs> you have job security. So much job security. And I will also say, sitting on a number of boards, it's hard. It's hard being a board member and knowing that you are making good decisions for the organization. Well,
0: and it's a huge commitment, right? It's a time oh, yeah. commitment. And, um, you know, usually board terms are at least a couple of years, if not mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. So it's a long term commitment. I know that. I have worked, you know, my entire career in the nonprofit sector, so I've worked with a lot of different boards and realized that maybe I needed to join one so I could have a better understanding of the board members' perspective. Absolutely. And that was really helpful.
1: Yeah. I I found that it was actually really grounding um, for me. It, It was hard, you know, sitting on a board and also working in a nonprofit, um, just the time commitments for both. And I knew if I was going to sit on a board, I was going to be the board member who shows up, right? I'm going to come to meetings prepared. I'm going to sit on committees. I'm going to be involved. Um, because I hated working with the board members who, who wouldn't do that and would come in and try to make decisions with not enough information. Um, so it's, it's a big commitment, but it gives such great perspective.
0: Yeah, it does. When I was on a board, um, you just made me realize this or remember this, I, for some reason, it just worked out that the board that I was a member of met the same day of the month as the board of the current nonprofit I worked for. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? I do. Oh my gosh. And so I would go to <laughs> my nonprofit where I worked at board meeting from four to six, leave a little bit early so I could rush to the board meeting meeting. That I sat on from six to eight thirty, so it was like a board meeting for four and a half hours.
1: <laughs> that sounds like the worst day of the week. It's horrible. I can't believe your immune system didn't like catch on to that and like shut things down that day.
0: <laughs> I know. The you know what helped is the board that I sat on served wine at the meetings,
1: <laughs> which you know I find is a real double edged sword. It is so true. It's nice because it can make it a little bit more conversational, a little bit more relaxed, and... And... It can get messy.
0: Right. Well, people, all of a sudden, it's like liquid courage, you know? Then they oh, feel gosh. like they can say whatever they want whenever they want.
1: I was working with a board. I can't believe that I just remember this. This was a long time ago. I was working with a board. We were talking about recruitment, and um, it was almost all men. They had one woman on the board, and they were talking about... Uh, working on diversity. Um, and that was a, a key demographic that they're working for. Um, and they had all been drinking. This was, a um, like a four to 8 PM retreat Oh wow! On, on a weekday, which I hate, but that's another story for another day. And this is rounding the bend on like the last hour. And one of them made some super sexist joke. And I shot over and I said, that's the kind of shit that's going to need to stop. If you actually want women to join your board.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right there. And you wonder
1: why there's not more women in this room. I mean, I wanted to take that one woman and be like, I've got better boards for you. Come with me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How about... Oh, you go.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I was thinking back to what you mentioned earlier about how it's a group of people who don't have experience in the sector generally and come in after hours usually for a once a month meeting and how it takes a lot of trust. Yeah. And I know that I used to feel, as a staff member, who are these people? I don't even know who they are. They, I don't see them mm-hmm. at any of my programs that we have. They're not volunteering in any other way, and yet they're showing up once a month, and they're making decisions that affect my life. Oh, yeah. It's an
1: awful feeling. It is. Mm-hmm. And I think that when that when those dynamics between board and staff are um, – maybe in conflict or or they're just issues that then that distrust can grow Mm -hmm. on both sides. On both sides. Yes. So, you know, when, when boards are operating at their best, when they are being their best selves, it is really based on this trusting relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was the board chair of a really, really small organization. Um, and we were going through some really tough things. Um, and although I don't know that the executive director had trust for the entire board, she at least had it for the officers. um, I mean she and I we like cried over dinners together. Like we had a, a really solid relationship, which meant that when we got to the point of having to decide whether or not to keep the organization open, it that discussion could happen with all of us recognizing the impacts mm-hmm. that they were gonna be different. Like we were talking about ending her livelihood by closing the organization. Yeah. Like we could start to break down some of those power dynamics and have this discussion, recognizing our different roles in it. Um and and really from a position of um, caring for one another. Mm-hmm. And it was it was one of the hardest things I have been through as a board member, one of the hardest discussions I had to help facilitate sure. as a board chair. And it was only possible because we had that that trusting relationship. Sure.
0: Will you said the magic words, power dynamic? Oh. Ding ding ding. ding. Drink. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so there is V- very much a
1: power dynamic. Oh my gosh, yeah. Between boards and staff. And when board members don't recognize it is when things get the worst. Yeah. By far.
0: Well, or when they do recognize it and exploit, exploit it. Exploit it, yes. Absolutely. Oh. So, um I worked at a place once where as part of your annual board member agreement, you had to agree To volunteering at least eight hours Mm -hmm. for the organization outside of your board service, love that in the programs.
1: Yeah, get some hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The downside is that it wasn't really enforced.
1: (laughs) Of course, yeah. (laughs) So
0: I'm not sure how many actually did it, but I really appreciated setting that tone early Mm -hmm. with board members of, you know, this is kind of the expectations that we have of you for your service. And I just can't um, say it enough how helpful that is. Mm -hmm. If you're leadership staff, you probably have more interactions and access to the board. Oh, for sure. Right? But when you're not leadership staff, I mean, it really is who are these people. I have no idea who they are. Mm -hmm. And that, again, reinforces that power dynamic because you don't have access to them. Totally. And so I just think it's really important for so many different reasons for board members to actually volunteer in the program. Right, right, right. And you don't have to do it weekly Mm -hmm. or even monthly, but if you can do it a couple times a year and get a sense of what the work actually is, what it looks like, what it feels Mm -hmm. like, what people are experiencing, then not only are you going to be able to relate better to the staff, but you're also going to be able to do your other oh my duty, yeah. fundraising. Exactly. It makes fundraising so much easier. Yeah. Because having personal stories and personal testimonials are the number one way mm-hmm. to be able to encourage people to support the nonprofit.
1: Yeah. I, I talk about that in all of the board fundraising trainings I do. Yeah, it's great to get stories from your executive director and board meetings and hear, you know, this is how Sammy was helped through our programs. It is so much more impactful to be able to say, I was in the pantry and I met Sammy and this is the right. conversation we had. And that's why I love this organization and you can too. Exactly. Um, actually, I work with um, a really small organization and one of the tenants of their programs is this um, this space where people can come together. And so they have coffee and games and all kinds of stuff. And so they regularly encourage board members to come in and just be in community with these other people, um, whether it's volunteers, clients, et cetera. Yes. And it's incredible. I mean, the, I have never seen a board so understanding of the programs, so committed in vision, values. I mean, everything. They are out in the community talking about it in so many incredible ways. And I think it's, it's genuinely because they have these opportunities to really experience it.
0: Absolutely. And I think it... It also personalizes um, what their duty is. Yes. So, you know, I get one of my kind of pet peeves is when we get board members that come in, they're um, from the for-profit industry, and they start making adjustments mm. to, let's say, our benefits. Yep. Right? Right. Oh my gosh, you give a week off of bereavement leave? That's crazy. I don't know any place that does that. You really should only be giving a day or three days. Oh my gosh. It's that kind of bullshit where it's like, this isn't apples to apples. Well, it,
1: it, it's that issue where they don't have the holistic picture. Sure, yeah. In your for-profit company, maybe you do have less PTO. Our people are getting paid half of what your gonna are getting I was just going to say, paid. but
0: your paycheck is twice as much.
1: Right. So, Yeah. This is our message to board members. You got to kind of check yourself. Right. There is nothing worse than coming in heavy-handed saying, this is what I know from my experience in the for-profit. This is how things need to be when it really needs to be a much broader conversation um, where your staff can really fill you in on what is helping and what's not. Right? Like, ask your staff, how are our benefits? Are are they sufficient? Right. And then allow them to tell you where they need to go.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, cause at, at the end of the day, those are the little things that keep us in the sector. Yes. I mean, yes, we love the work that we're doing. We believe in the mission, but if we're not getting that same level of paycheck, we need to have these other little perks exactly. that add up yep. to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just, to go back on the volunteering and programs, I want to say, I know that that can be really intimidating.
1: It can, yeah.
0: Even as staff, I mm-hmm. mean, even as administrative staff mm-hmm. coming into a new organization, I'm always intimidated to go and go into the programs because, I, you know, I don't want to bother anybody yeah. and I don't want to be disruptive. And we're going to talk next week about program staff and administrative staff mm-hmm. relations. Yep. Um, and so we'll dive deeper into that. But you just need to do it.
1: You just need to do it.
0: And I think that that's a message for us as nonprofits: of can we create opportunities of engagement mm-hmm. that feel safe yeah. and feel easy to access mm-hmm. for board members?
1: Well, and at the same time, are board members trained on how to enter into those spaces effectively? Exactly. Yeah, um, I I think it's totally acceptable to make your board members go through the same volunteer training you have your volunteers go through. You know, if they're going to be interacting with clients, they should know how to show up in those spaces. But they also need to recognize that the role changes. And I think this is where some board members get held up. Um, You know, if you walk into a space with um, programs operating as a volunteer, you are no longer um, in a position to be asking questions from a board member's perspective or directing staff in any kind of way like that, although you shouldn't be doing that anyway. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a bigger thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you really have to like take that board member hat off and be like, I'm a volunteer now, tell me what to do. Right. Um, and also recognize it might be hard for staff to do that because of those power dynamics. Right. So again, when we can have trusting relationships, we can have that conversation and we can be frank about it.
0: Well, this is where it becomes more of an art than a science, right? And I can understand how people would be frustrated because, yes, on one hand, I'm saying you should go and volunteer in the programs, but then there's a line, right, of Always. getting involved with staff yeah. and having that boundary mm-hmm. um, so that you're not micromanaging the staff. Right, 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 So right. As, the, as the board, you're there you are the super – the boss to mm. the CEO or the ED. Mm.
1: And it stops there. And
0: it stops there. Yes. And I – you know, I've seen it where EDs or CEOs don't hold that line. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the staff is being bombarded by board members mm-hmm. over operational stuff. Right. That is not in their purview. Mm-hmm. And that can feel um, threatening.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you ever worked with a program committee that involves board members? Yes. Well, before I say what I want to say, what are your thoughts?
0: (laughs) Um, I've never seen it where the program staff wasn't defensive 100% of the time.
1: (laughs) Or where they wanted it to happen. (laughs) Right. I entirely agree. I generally think that program committees that are made up of board members um, do jack shit. Right. I mean, like it's just another thing that staff have to run around and try to manage. Right. Um, you know, of course, if you have a program committee that has experts or, you know, can work more in an advisory capacity, sure, that's great. But when you have board members on it, it's just, it it allows, it really opens the doors for board members to get in the weeds. Right. And then they take that into board meetings because they're like, well, we could do this in the program committee. Why can't we do it here? And so again, it makes those roles so complicated. I generally do not recommend them unless you've got, you know, kind of very specific purposes.
0: Right. Purposes? Purposes. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yes, I like that. Um, And just to continue with that thought, um, I think there just needs to be more of an appreciation and respect for
1: the staff's knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they were hired because they know what they're doing. Right. Let them go do that.
0: Right. They've been doing it, you know, some of them for a really long time.
1: Yes. I want to keep on that, like, appreciation side, though, because I do think that sometimes as staff, we, uh, you know, we've got all of our volunteer appreciation activities. We've got our donor appreciation activities. We kind of forget about board members. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when I've been on staff working with a board, when I feel the most stressed, um, when I feel like things are going so fast, that's when the board starts to just get in my way. Right. And I'm just like, you go over in your corner, right. you have your stupid ass meetings right. that are just going to take a lot of my time. Let me do my thing. But when I am act- effectively engaging my board, when I'm bringing them like meaty things to talk about, when I've got roles for them to play, when I'm actively appreciating them, that relationship is so much better and, and it feels better on my side. So I think as staff, we also need to recognize that we're bringing some baggage into this space. Yes. Um, and when we can you know, have that mutual respect, it's going to help all of us. Yeah. Well,
0: it goes back to our tagline, right? That we say, um, because we know nonprofit staff are undervalued.
1: Under-resourced. And, and unrelenting. unrelenting.
0: That's it. <laughs> um, and so that's... You know, that's the key is that if the staff doesn't – if they don't feel valued and yet here's these people coming in that don't even really know what the work is Mm -hmm. and what it takes or come in and say you're doing it all wrong without getting a baseline understanding Mm -hmm. of what's currently happening and why, um, yeah, that's where it goes
1: really wrong. Yeah, and I can say as a board member, it's hard. Right. Because I always have this in the back of my head, like I'm legally responsible. If something happens, it's on me. And so from a risk management perspective, I want to understand, I want to ensure that things are being taken care of. And yet if I got all the information that would probably check that box for me, I would be so in the weeds. Yeah. And so I just have to trust. Yeah. I mean, of course we do like executive director evaluations and we review policies and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be there and ensuring the policies are being upheld day to day. I'm not, I can't be in that space and checking my boxes. And so I have to trust that we have hired the right chief executive and that they have hired the right team to ensure that our organization is really taken care of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about how advantageous it is to have somebody on your board that has nonprofit experience. Mm Um. Those people can also be targeted for recruitment. <laughs> Are you thinking of a specific board member there, Brittany? Well, I know it's happened to me, and I was curious <laughs> if
1: it ever happened to you. Well, actually, I have been offered, but I have never gone for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's been one of uh, the better experiences that I've had as far as my relationship with the board because I started on the board as a peer Mm -hmm. and had like gained peer respect from the rest of the board members and then was recruited to the staff. Mm -hmm. And then once I became a staff member, since I had already had um, that same level relationship with Mm -hmm. the board, Mm -hmm. it has been a lot easier at everything.
1: Oh, I bet. Yeah. I was, uh, just talking to, um, my predecessor of my executive director role. Um, we, we just had coffee a few weeks ago and I, I was regaling him with some stories of when I entered the organization and the board was really, really toxic and really awful. And like the things I went through and he was like, why did you stay? And I really, it took me a minute to be like, yeah, why did I stay? This (laughs) sounds awful. (laughs) But in the midst of it, kind of like, you're also a little numb because you're just like, the mission has to move forward. I have to like, just get to the next thing. And I could kind of compartmentalize my really, really awful board and then also work to make it better.
0: Well, and how hard for, as an executive director, to have your boss change Every couple years or at some places every year. Every
1: year. Yeah. It is It is super, super hard, um, which is why I, one of my takeaways for all of this is as we're talking about boundaries and board roles and how they can be more effective with staff, one of the most important ways to accomplish all of that is by self-policing. Mm-hmm. You know, having these conversations as a board, having somebody be kind of the accountability folks who are going to check the volunteer hours. So you're not asking staff to come in and tell board members that they aren't meeting their expectations. Right. That you have conversations internally about okay, what what's going to be our um, our way of letting each other know that maybe we've crossed over a boundary, mm-hmm. so that we're not always asking staff to do that for us. Right. You know, we need to ensure that we have really strong governance practices in place and people recruited to the board with that knowledge or willingness to gain that knowledge so that then they can help uphold that as officers change, as the board changes, and it's in orientation, you know, it just maintains because it's part of the culture. Right. Right. And by the way, those of you who are local, you can get some of that by attending our Beyond the Basics board training at Mission Launch. (laughs) Ah,
0: there you go. Nice plug. Well-timed. So anything else? Any other takeaways? I mean, I have so much I could talk about. I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Exactly.
1: I feel like this entire season is just going to be us like opening the door on these topics. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that we can, at a later date, dive into something more specific. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've got to talk about recruitment, uh, retention of board members, orienting board members, DEI Mm -hmm, in boards. mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. this, again, because the structure in and of itself is so shitty, there's just so much to talk about on this, this topic of boards. Um, so for those of you out there who are board members, I, I genuinely thank you. Like it is not a, an easy role to step into. Easy, no. Um, I, I often hear board members feel say they feel like they're, uh, they're just going in so blind, even though they've been on other boards, every board is different. And so thank you for your service. Thank you for stepping up and wanting to, to be in this really icky space sometimes and, you know, having roles that are sometimes unclear, the best advice we can give to you is have open conversations about this and build trust with your staff.
0: Absolutely. And and just be hyper aware of that power dynamic. Yeah. Because I don't know how many times I've gone to the board chair or even just another board member and said, hey, can you say this at a board meeting? Yeah. Because they will listen. They mm-hmm. will hear you if you say it. Yeah. If I say it. Nope. They don't listen. Mm -mm. And so recognizing when, as a board member, you could help staff out. Mm -hmm.
1: You could use your power dynamic for good. Yes.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else? I
1: think Um, we covered a lot. We have covered a lot. I think we should put a pin in the rest of it. Okay. And we'll have some more conversations about this later. Um, As always, follow us on socials. Send in your AMA questions to us on socials. Or um, you can email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com.
0: Sounds good. And don't forget to support your local nonprofits. Please give and give generously. Bye-bye.
1: We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.